Hi everyone, and as we come to Daniel chapter 3 now, let's uh, pray together and ask that God would speak to us this evening. Let's pray together. Father, please would you be our teacher tonight and speak to us through your word, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, October the 16th. October the 16th is, a, is actually a really significant day in human history. October the 16th, 1921, for instance, my dad was born. Um, but there was perhaps a slightly more significant one 366 years before that. October the 16th, 366 years before, in Oxford. And there were, on that day, two bishops who were bound back to back to a stake and then they were burned at the stake. They burned to death on that day. The two guys uh, were two bishops. There was Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer. Nicholas Ridley was the one after whom Ridley Hall in Cambridge is named, where Tim Gage did his training as a minister. Hugh Latimer was the Bishop of, Wor of Worcester, and he was the guy who, uh, after whom our Latimer room is named. And as they were there, bound together, back to back, Hugh Latimer, I imagine he turned his head like this and spoke to Bishop Ridley just behind him, and he said these words. Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. And of course when they were threatened with being burned alive, uh, actually it happened for them and they died that day. They went to glory shortly after he had said those really rather famous last words. But as we look at Daniel chapter 3 this evening, uh, there are three guys, three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were part of God's people in a foreign land and in a pagan land. And uh, uh, generally speaking, if you have been condemned to death by burning, uh, then you die. But as we read here in Daniel chapter 3, uh, there was an extraordinary miracle and they somehow survived. But whether uh, they survived or whether they had suffered an excruciating death by burning, there is one thing which stands out in this chapter and it's this. Faith comes first. Faith comes first first. And uh, it's not that this is just a true story, although we really believe that this actually happened. It is an inspiring story of three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and it could have been they were still perhaps old te older teenagers, maybe in their early 20s, perhaps feast kind of age, we're not quite sure at this point, but they're almost certainly still young men. And the situation, to give a, a quick outline, King Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon and he had a rather large golden image made. It was somewhat of the proportions, I imagine, of, of, of that stick down at the seafront, which has the doughnut which goes up and down it. Um, it was 90 foot high, the circumference was a mere nine feet and it was made of gold, it was a stick. And he had it erected because he believed that actually people ought to be worshipping him. And he had this image made so that people would worship this image uh, and in doing so they would be worshipping him. 
And uh, the idea was, when, when the music struck up, that uh, people would bow down and they would worship this image that he had set up. And he wants everyone to bow down and to do that. But there are some um, astrologers there. The word is Chaldeans. That means Babylonian astrologers. They were probably the guys who included, uh, were included in those in chapter 2 who uh, failed to understand Daniel's dream from, uh, from last week. Uh, maybe they were jealous. Maybe they were uh, wanting to um, get their own back in some kind of way uh, against these Jewish guys. And uh, you see in verse 8 and verse 12 there, uh, it talks about them being uh, Jewish uh, and denouncing the Jews. They came forward, these astrologers, and denounced the Jews. And again, the idea of the Jews there, that is in verse 12 as well. Uh, and it, is a, it, it seems this is a racist kind of thing. Racism is not conf confined to 21st century, as we know. It's not confined to Minneapolis and the uh, outrageous uh, murder uh, of George Floyd, for instance, and, of course, the natural and right reactions to that around the world. No, uh, this is a racist thing that is going on there uh, all, those, uh, all those years ago, about two and a half thousand years ago in, in Babylon. Uh, but the, the, the Jewish guys, they're standing up and they're not going to bow down to this thing because they're saying, no, we're, we, we're Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They're saying we are going to worship our God and not some image, some idol that you have set up. They get summoned to the king. Nebuchadnezzar says, your last chance. I'll give you one last chance to bow down and worship this image. And they say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And so as they politely refuse, uh, Nebuchadnezzar then has the furnace heated up seven times, probably basically saying as hot as it could possibly go. And he has them bound by the strongest uh, soldiers. They're thrown into the furnace. And then when Nebuchadnezzar looks in, there aren't just three of them who are bound, but there are four of them, and they're walking around that he sees. And, uh, and he says this fourth one is one like a son of the gods. Now, we don't know who that is, an angel. Some people have said, well, that's a pre-incarnate Jesus. We don't, we don't know. We're not told. We don't know. Um, but then Nebuchadnezzar calls these guys out. They're not even seen. There's no, even, no smell of burning on them as they come out of this blazing furnace and at the end Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get promoted. That's actually the last thing we hear of them in the book of Daniel uh, and also uh, Nebuchadnezzar is saying look uh, you people whoever hears this you need to make sure that you treat these Jewish guys rightly and if you don't then I'll have your life and I'm going to destroy your houses as well. Now we talked last time about um, uh, which gods you worship uh, and I asked, who's the king? Uh, this is the time before. Who's the king? And uh, the answer was, the Lord is king. And this image that Nebuchadnezzar set up in Daniel chapter 3, this word set up comes time and time and time again. It comes nine times in Daniel chapter 3. Um, and the idea of, so for instance, it's in uh, verse 1, 2, 3, 5, 12, 14, 18, and so on. And the idea of setting up is it's setting it up as opposed to the rightful king and lord. So he's saying, look, I'm going to be the king, not any king and not any lord and not any god that you might have. It's going to be me. And he sets himself up as competition in opposition to the rightful king. And all the leaders in Babylon have to choose 
So all those uh, people in the civil service and the court servants and the uh, intelligent leaders of the people, well, in verse 7, well, verse 7 is just bizarre. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the, the, the horn, flute, zither, lyre, all the rest of it, the music, uh, and all kinds of music, um, and uh, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image. And it's basically saying, as soon as they heard the music, they were falling down and they were worshipping this image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Uh, it's a slightly bizarre situation. It feels almost North Korean about it, that they are uh, just doing this. They're intelligent people. They, get, they would have seen it being built, and now they're being, being down and, uh, going down and worshipping it as soon as the music strikes up. It seems more than willing to do this. There's a lot of pressure on people to do it, apart from the fact that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are refusing to do it, and they stood firm. It's not the first time in history that people have stood firm against outrageous demands. Apparently there were two British diplomats in the time of Queen Victoria, and uh, they'd been granted an audience with the Shah of Persia, Iran, as it is now. And when they arrived, they were told, well, when you enter the Shah's presence, you need to crawl. You need to crawl on your hands and knees into the presence of the Shah of Persia. Uh, and uh, the diplomats drew themselves up to their greatest height, uh, and they replied that they were certainly not going to give any foreign ruler a courtesy which is not required by their own ruler, Queen Victoria. Thankfully... Uh, and maybe had something to do with British gunboats, uh, but the Shah decided against any punishment on these two diplomats. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he had set up his idol to be worshipped, and that was what he is demanding here. And I was thinking the other day, uh, COVID-19, uh, it does reveal people's idols, doesn't it? And as we're thinking of undoing the lockdown and so on, we'll be looking forward to some things uh, in particular. Uh, and I'm just wondering if, as we do that, if we're really thinking about or, or revealing what our idols might be. You know, we'd love to get our children back to school, but is that maybe an idol? Uh, we would love to get our degree course back on track. Does that make that perhaps an idol? Uh, we want to get our GC GCSEs and A-level exams. Is that an idol? Or that job that we've been furloughed from and now we know that the redundancy letter is in the post? Possibly an idol? Or the car which we haven't been able to drive uh, very far uh, for a, a, a number of weeks now. Uh, or that holiday which has just been cancelled. Or our bodies. I mean, Joe Wicks is great, I understand, but uh, maybe not quite as good as the gym. Um, uh, is that revealing possibly an idol? So uh, uh, we have to ask ourselves these questions. Maybe not, um, but they could all be idols in one way or another. And we do all have our idols. And if you find yourself really annoyed or really frustrated that you can't have those things, and if you're so looking forward to them now, you're absolutely desperate for that date, July the 4th, when we hope we might hear about holidays and so on, then uh, could those be idols? So who are you in Daniel chapter 3? Now, it's very easy, isn't it, for us to think, well, obviously, I must be Shadrach, Meshach or Abednego, and I want to uh, be men of faith like they were. I want to follow their example. But we could also be amongst the guys in verse 7, 
who hear the music and as they hear the music they're falling down they're falling down before this new idol could we be like them not even realizing that we have an idol but just feeling pressured into worshipping it i think covid might actually reveal some idols but the great thing in daniel chapter 3 is this uh, faith comes first and I want to just point out three things just briefly. The first thing now is this. Faith will be costly at some time. Faith will be costly at some time. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that all Christians uh, are going to face literally a fiery furnace, although who knows what the future will hold, maybe 20, 30, 40 years' time. It might be uh, even in England. I don't know. But uh, certainly in some places around the world, Christians have and do face that kind of desperate end to their lives here on earth, that route to glory. But if we do face the equivalent, whatever it would be, uh, there is no guarantee in this passage that we will survive physically. And there can be terrible things. It can be really, really costly to be a Christian. And the consistent witness of the Bible is that faith will be costly. Maybe not now, but it will be at some point if you're a Christian believer. That is a consistent witness of the Bible. You stand up for Jesus and it will cost you at some point. Now, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, uh, they could have said, well, I'm sure God will understand you know, if we just stay here. I mean, it'll only be temporary, surely. Just maybe just once it'll be OK uh, and we'll join in with everyone else. But no, they said, no, we have drawn a line and this is where we stand. And we're not going to bow down to this idol. We're not compromising. Faith comes first. And uh, uh, there's a guy called Elton Trueblood, for instance, who said this, faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservation. And for these three young men, it was trust without reservation as they were facing this uh, really tough decision. But what would it look like today, for instance? What might it look like today? Um, perhaps at work, maybe you're, you're back at work and... Uh, um, well, for instance, what about all this? Uh, maybe maybe at work everyone is, is saying, well, you know, um, uh, it's coming to the, the, the day of uh, pride parades and so on, isn't it? That time of year, and maybe they're not happening, you're talking about that. And, and at work, in order to show solidarity, people are saying, well, let's have a, uh, let's have a rainbow day. So we'll all wear something rainbow uh, to show our support for LGBTI, uh, etc. folks. And, uh, and you're thinking, well, on the one hand, I want to show my love for, uh, for, uh, for LGBTIQ, etc. people. Of course I do. I want to love and, uh, uh, and get to know them and so on. But then at the same time, I don't also want to be saying that everything goes. God has set standards for our sexual behaviour as well. So what do you do? And then you decide, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come into work with, uh, with a, a rainbow thing on. And then you really get it in the neck. And that's really difficult. And, uh, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, faith will be costly at some time. Or sport. Um, I did a bit of rowing once, and uh, uh, when I was at the University of Reading for a year, uh, I was rowing for the University 8 uh, at the beginning of that time, and it was beginning to get a bit serious. And they said, well, now the coaches are going to come down from London on Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays were okay, but not Sunday mornings. 
And I said to the captain, I'm really sorry, but actually I'm a Christian and I go to church on Sunday morning. And that's really significant, really important for me. And uh, we had a chat and I've never been in eight since that I stopped rowing. And uh, there's only a small thing, only a, uh, only a minor thing. I'd much rather go to church. For me, faith came first. Or maybe work again. And they're saying, well, let's put the prices up tenfold uh, to make the maximum of the, uh, the face mask demand there is at the moment, because you're in a place that makes face marks, masks, say. And you say, actually, I don't think we should be exploiting people like that. Or maybe your boyfriend, who's a Christian and, you, and a lovely guy, you're getting on really well, and, uh, and then it turns out that your parents are going to be away for the weekend in two or three weeks' time, and he makes it perfectly uh, obvious that he would uh, like to take advantage of the situation. You know what I mean. And you say, I'm a Christian, and I don't think that's right. And it ends up with the two of you actually splitting up, because you stand, stood, stood firm for your faith. We live in a world which is in rebellion against Jesus. You put your faith in Jesus, it will be costly at some point. At some point. Um, but we have to remember this. Trusting means drawing on the inexhaustible riches of God. Trusting means drawing on the inexhaustible riches of God. So the fact is, it's the thing, it's not our faith, it's not about us, it's the one in whom we put our faith. And when we do that, we draw on the inexhaustible riches of God who will be there for us and uh, uh, will help us to keep on trusting him through those really tough and difficult times. But be ready, be prepared. Please don't say that no one ever told you that actually faith comes first and faith will be costly at some time. Second, faith means God is with you all the time. Faith means that God is with you all the time. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, look at verse 20 here, for instance. And uh, in verse 20, uh, they're bound by these strong guys. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And they were. And in fact, it was so hot that the guys who bound them were burnt to death themselves as they threw in the three Jewish guys. And the point is, though, that God, with God, he's with them. Because faith means that God is with you all the time. And there's that fourth figure in the furnace with them, walking around as they're unbound and he's there with them in the furnace. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar sees verse 25 and describes this as son of the gods uh, the point is whoever it was god is with them even in a blazing furnace god is faithful and uh, he will never leave his saints he will never se be separated from us even by death we will never be separated from him even by death faith means god is with you all the time that is all the time, whatever. And we can see in Jesus' life that actually he, he lived a life of, of fellowship with his Father, of that intimate closeness, until it came to the cross, when we know that intimate closeness, that relationship was fractured as Jesus was separated from his Father, as he bore the wrath of God and as he died for our sins, so that we 
might never have to experience a fractured relationship with God. And so that we, knowing that we are his, know that he is with us at all times and whatever happens. At all times and whatever happens. So it means, for instance, uh, Romans 8 and verses 38 and 39 is absolutely true. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what Daniel 3 is teaching us. You're intensely lonely during lockdown. You so miss your de your departed spouse. You'd love to see your grandchildren or your children. You're desperately worried about how you're going to make ends meet now that you have received that redundancy notice. You're COVID positive, despite the fact that you've been shielding and you fear for the future. Your child is sick. Your mental health is all over the show. You're a person of colour. And despite all the reaction to the George Floyd murder and all the uh, that has been going on in the world these last two and a half weeks now, you still have abuse at work. And you know in that situation, in all those situations, faith means God is with you all the time. All the time say thank you to him today. Faith comes first. Faith will be costly at some time. Faith means that God is with you all the time. And then thirdly, faith wins through every time. Or God, in whom we put our faith, wins through every time. For uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, bound tight by these strong Babylonian guards and being carried to the furnace, what are the possible outcomes? Well, most likely, within minutes, death, immediately followed by passing through Judgment Day to glory. Or possibly, just possibly, some extraordinary and miraculous rescue, but it's either one or the other. But don't you see, uh, this is a classic win-win situation. For them, whatever the story, whatever happened, it's win-win. It's win in glory or it's win on earth. And even when, one, when what we consider to be the worst happens and we die, actually we win. Because we go to glory, to paradise. For all eternity, God will always be victorious. And God's people will always be victorious in the end. And we, of course we see that pattern in Jesus, his death, yes, but then his mighty and glorious resurrection and his ascension back to heaven, to glory. And in the end, God will see his loved ones through too. He will see us through. He did it actually for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He did it for Jesus and he'll do it for every single one of us too. He'll see us through. He'll get us to heaven and nothing and no one 
is going to stop that from happening. You look at verses 17 and 18 here, uh, where they say to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and you will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Whether that is by life or through death, faith wins through every time. So we need to die well. And we need to face possible death well. And we need to face COVID-19 well. And we need to face incipient racism well. And we need to face bereavement of Christian families and friends well. Strong in the confidence that faith wins through in the end. Faith comes first. Faith will be costly at some time. Second, faith means that God is with you all the time. Third, faith wins through every time. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us this week, whatever we're facing, to put our faith, to put our trust in you, for your name's sake. Amen.